Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. As you can see, we're in a different place. We are not in the cool studio. We're in a lame, lame dorm. Not not the cool studio, but hey, that's just what happens, man. We're back. Um, finally, after a couple month hiatus, um, we're back to getting uh, USC players in the podcast. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by the TikTok legend himself, Billy Q, Billy Corntillo. Billy Corntillo is in the USC featherweight division, um, and he's the first person, the first person who I've ever gotten to come on my podcast using TikTok. He follows me on TikTok for some reason. I'm not complaining. I feel honored, actually. Um, he's trying to set up his TikTok account and you know, blow up his following a little bit more. Trying to become next time McGregor, make that money. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super super much looking forward to this. He's just getting – he just got back from UFC Fight Island. He was in the he was, uh, he was was in the corner of Matt, the same role of Favola, former guest of the show. I'm just getting everybody for, from Gracie Tampa to hop on the show, I guess. I guess, you know, I just got a good reputation out there. I'm just kidding. Um, we're rocking the B-Shop, a Thick Boy White Club merch. Um, th- th- doesn't get much better than that. Does, get, does not get much better than that. Um, we're, we're dripping today. I get the bandana going. I, I absolutely feel like a dog. We're back on campus. First day of baseball season is upon us. Practice tonight. Roll comments. Um, I'm looking forward to getting Billy on the show. He should be joining in just a couple minutes. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode. You can't see me, though? No. Oh, there you go. Okay. Billy Cornell, what's going on, my man? I'm liking the setup in the back. What's up, brother? Thank you, man. How's it going? It's going good. I'm up at school. I just got. I'm up at school. I play college baseball, so so I'm up in in my dorm studio. <laughs> and right, uh, hell, hell yeah, man. Where do you play at? Um, excuse me. Um, It's a small school up by. Uh, it's a small school. Um, it's up by Michigan State. Uh, it's called um, excuse me. It's called um, I'm a. Um, I love at college. Um, I play baseball up here. It's a good time. It's actually where Justin Janes wrestled, if you, if you know Justin Janes. Cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him. Awesome, yeah. man. That's what's up, brother. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I appreciate I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. I, I know you got called in yesterday. So I appreciate yeah. you taking the time out of your schedule to come on this show. I know it's a small show, but, I mean, hey, you know, you got to somewhere, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. You got to start somewhere. And uh, I think uh, I like the way you, um, you know, you reached out to me on TikTok. I'm, <laughs> I'm usually, I'm usually always on Instagram and uh-huh. a lot of people hit me up to come on their shows. But since, uh, you know, I, 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 I really don't use TikTok as much. Your message came right out and the way everyone just tagged me and I thought it was cool. Everyone was like, okay, like go check out this. And I saw it. I'm like, hell yeah, man, let's do it. <laughs> yeah yeah i actually wasn't expecting because all those people who commented are like my friends and like and like it, i just tweeted it because i was bored or, or excuse me i just made a tiktok video out of it because yeah because i was bored and i haven't had anybody on the show lately because i've been having some like not success messaging people so i was like i was like yeah he follows me on tiktok i guess i'll <laughs> i guess i'll make this as a joke and yeah, you gotta you gotta shoot you gotta shoot your shot, man. I do that all the time in uh you know in, in business and in finance. It's what you gotta do, man. So I think you you did the right thing and here we are rocking it. I appreciate it. Are all those posters um excuse me, all those posters in the back of all the cards you've competed on? Yes, yeah, yeah. So um I actually just did this is like my little office in here. Uh and don't mind the glasses. I actually have to get uh LASIK eye surgery. Oh, really? uh, next week so i have to go a week without without wearing contact so i can't my eyesight is terrible so i gotta rock my glasses <laughs> um but yeah this is my background so um this was my ufc debut right here um i got i won by submission and this is my next uh oh no this was i don't have the spike carlisle fight because uh-huh. it was during the pandemic and they like they didn't do posters for it oh really so I'm, I'm gonna have to get something for that eventually <laughs> 
my debut, and I don't have the spike one. And then this is where I knocked out Kyle Nelson. Um, it was Michelle Waterson and Angela Hill. <laughs> and then over here, I gotta move my computer. This was the fight I just fought on. It, you know, it's a good reminder. It's the fight I lost to Gavin. And uh, but it was just a, such a stat card. You know, Tony Ferguson um, fought uh, Charles Oliveira and Figueroa versus Moreno. They fought to that. You know, fight of the year. It was fun. That was my fight of the year. What was your fight of the year? Yeah, uh, that one was up there. I liked um, what other? I liked the Joanna versus uh, Wei Li. Mm-hmm. I liked that was that was a great fight. Mm-hmm. I also liked. Uh, there were some good ones. What else was there? Uh, Gagey and Ferguson was a great fight. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. There were some. Those, those were like probably like my top top ones that really stuck out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My personal favorite fight of the year was uh, with Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker. I'm a big Dustin Poirier. Yeah, that was a, that was a great fight. Great phenomenal fight. fight. Yeah, yeah. I was I'm a big Dustin Poirier fan, but at the same time, I'm a I'm a diehard Conor McGregor fan. I'm a UFC. Oh fan. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm a UFC fan because of Conor McGregor. I've got like. <laughs> I've got like four Conor McGregor shirts. I've got like I've got three Irish flags. So like it, it hurt me over the past week. But like yeah, if there's one person to do it, I'm I'm glad it was Dustin. Poirier. It was, yeah, yeah. You can't. It's it's like you can't really root against Dustin Poirier. Exactly. And uh, it's interesting to see, you know, because I've been in the game. I've been training since you know 2009, 2010. Um, so to see so many people now that have said they're like Conor got me into the sport. It's mm-hmm. just, it's really cool to see and. It, it's he's been such a uh you know an influence on he's grown the sport he he might have doubled the sport in popularity exactly. how many people started watching because of him and he came up such as such a huge figure but it's cool because obviously now you know you reached out to me you've reached out to other ufc fighters you're obviously a fan of the, the whole sport now yeah. because of because of connor yeah exactly exactly yeah because uh because back when he fought uh, jose aldo back in 2015 i had like like, I mean, I know what the UFC was, and my stepdad watched it when it was on or whatever. Uh-huh. But, but, like, at the same time, I was always like, eh, like, yeah, there's just people fighting, like, it's whatever. But then as soon as I saw all Connor's press conference antics, I saw him, like, I, I saw him run up to Aldo and steal a belt off his desk. I was like, all right, this fight's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, all right. right. I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. I decided to buy the fight. As soon as he knocked that Aldo out, I was like, okay, yep. Th- yep. Yeah, this, this is what I'm like, doing now. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how did you get into the sport, like initially? Yeah, uh, so I was basically, you know, I, I never really played. Uh, I, I played sports in high school, but I didn't really do martial arts. Um, I used to walk, watch boxing. You know, when I was growing up, it was like, you know, early Floyd Mayweather, Oscar De La Hoya, Fernando Vargas, Felix Trinidad. I, I used to love watching. We used to have big fight nights where we would all watch them. Mm. We would have, uh, we would have like my friends over and we would box in my basement. Like I remember clearly like days where like people would just beat the shit out of each other. We, those are like our like parties when we were kids. Yeah. And then, uh, but I didn't really get into it until I watched the ultimate fighter. I was 16 when the first ultimate fighter came out, you know, with like Forrest Griffin and Diego Sanchez and, and mm. Lieben and all them. And then uh, I, I basically just, it became like a, a, some I would watch on the side and then it just became like so big and popular. And um, when I started training, I was 19 years old. That's when I really got like obsessed with it. I started learning a little bit of jujitsu. Then I started like learning the history of it. I started fighting. I, I, I started fighting, you know, a few months after I started training. Oh, really? So right around then, you know, 2000, basically 2009, 2010 is when I basically fell in love with it. And then ever since then, I, I was in uh, Buffalo, New York. I grew up in Buffalo right in 2010. I moved to Tampa, Tampa, Florida. 
uh, basically to pursue the goal, a goal to become a world champion, to get to the UFC, become a world champion. Mm -hmm. And so for the last 10 years, I've just been on like a vision quest, getting closer and closer and closer to that goal. And, you know, especially these last two years, I've really blown up and it's become like financially worth it. It's finally, I could like look at people and they know I'm not like a fuck up, you know, cause I'm finally <laughs> getting to that point where, you know, just for years and years and years, I was, I was trying to get here. So mm -hmm. that's kind of how I got here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, excuse me, when you started your career, did you like ever think, uh, excuse me, like, you obviously thought like, like, all right, if I work hard enough, I can eventually get to the top. But, but at the same time, did you ever like see the success that you're having right now? Like being able to travel like, like from Tampa, Florida, all the way down to a fight island. Did you ever see yourself getting that big or was it kind of just like just happened one day? Yeah, you know, you know what the interesting thing was when I first started training, you know, you're obviously a little bit newer to the sport if McGregor yeah. brought you in. When I first started training in like 2000, you know, 2009, 2010, there really wasn't any big like stars, you know, like big celebrities, but I had such, I like, I just loved it. I was like, oh my God, I love what, you know, Dana White's doing. I love what the Fertitas are doing. They're putting it on, you know, it was on Spike TV for the first time and I had a feeling it was going to get, I had a feeling it was going to blow up. You know what I mean? So when I first started training, I remember, I remember talking to guys like the best guys in the sport and they would tell me, they're like, you know, obviously we want you to get really good, but have a, have a backup plan, you know, have, have something you want to do on the side. And I kind of put all my eggs in one basket and I was like, listen, I think, you know, I'm just going to become the best fighter I could be. I don't mind being, I didn't mind being broke for, you know, seven years in a row where I'd basically be working like as a, as a, as a server at a restaurant or I would work at like a law. I worked at like a law office, like as like a secretary. Um, I didn't mind being broke all those years because I did have a belief in myself that I was going to become, you know, I was going to get to the UFC and I was going to be, you know, fighting for a world championship and making enough money. So it actually worked out like, as I fell more in love with the sport and got better at it, the sport basically got progressively, you know, more financial, you know, financially better. Yeah. People are actually making a living off it now. There's, you know, some of the, you know, some of the highest paid guys like McGregor, John Jones, they're up there with, you know, NFL players and stuff like that. So I think it's only going to get bigger from there. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that belief, that belief of knowing that I could make it, make it basically helped me get to that point. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. She said, there's like, well, there's obviously a thing in the back of your mind, like, like, all right, I'm kind of putting all my eggs in this one basket. Or is yeah. there people, like, a, excuse me, was there people around you who like kind of told you like, all right, like, like, yeah, it's cool and all, but like, you know, maybe you should like kind of try and try and like make sure you're, you know, putting a little bit of focus on something else. Yeah. Or, oh yeah, absolutely. You're always just yeah. And, the haters. Yeah. No. And uh, it's funny. Like, yeah. Like that word, like drown out the haters. I didn't, I didn't drown them out. I used them to like motivate me. You know what I mean? There were so many people. So I grew up in a, a small town. It's called Lewiston, New York. And it's one of the, one of the dopest, like little towns, really, really small town. And you know, some of the people like when I was like, Oh yeah. Like I would, I remember working at my day job and I remember telling people, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to move to Tampa. And you know, I'm going to, I'm going to basically just going to keep training and I'm going to, I'm going to keep training until I get in the UFC. And oh my God, the people that made fun of me, I still remember like one guy who was like a bum, you know what I mean? Like this, one of our bum guys that I worked with, he was like, oh yeah, what are you going to be the next Chuck Liddell? And he would say this and like people that like discouraged me, like that kind of motivated me. Like, okay, you know, 
I know I'm not supposed to be in the UFC, but if I train my ass off, if I listen to, if I listen to the right coaches, if I keep learning, if I put the work in every single day, uh, I know I could get to that point. And I still, to this day, I remember like the fights that I've lost and the people that have told me I wasn't going to make it, they motivated me probably even more than, than the positive people, even though I appreciate yeah. the, the positive people a lot more. Yeah. So, I mean, like me personally, if that was me and I was in your boat, I would just like, I would pay pay-per-view money just to see those people's faces when, <laughs> when just because of your, your true heart and grit and your determination, yeah. you're going down a UFC fight out and being in a corner for Matt Favola. Like, yeah. like, did you ever think like that your career and being in the UFC or just training for fights, just, just training for fights just because you like it, it would eventually get you down to, to like the most prestigious island in the world? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, not, you know, never even, it, it's kind of funny to look back on, you know, because I grew up, you know, playing the video games like Mortal Kombat and like, you know, mm-hmm. watching those movies that, you know, like they go out and like, they go, they go to like an island and like the best fighters in the world are fighting like to the death. And um, I was always intrigued by that, like that kind of like war, that war fighting mentality. Um, and, and honestly, I never knew, like, obviously no one really knew Fight Island was going to exist. Yeah. But I, I knew that I had so much passion for competing and fighting. And, you know, I love doing jujitsu. I love doing Muay Thai. I love wrestling that I knew if I put all my effort into it, that it was going to lead to big things and allow me to, to do other stuff with my career. Um, and, and I don't even think it's the end of it. You know, I'm three and one in the UFC. I think I had a lot of f- hype going into this last fight. Mm. Obviously it, it cooled down a little bit, but I think that's just because people don't know what I'm capable of because I'm three and one now, you know, there was a lot of things I could have done differently for this last fight, but let's say I win these next, my next fight and my next two fights, next thing you know, I'm five and one, six and one in the UFC. Um, and I'm going to put myself right back in that, that top 15, that title contention, um, in, in the near future. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember on the card with, uh, with Davison and Brandon, I was like, or, mm-hmm. or Scott, or um, yep. yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, excuse me. After that card, I was talking to my stepdad. I was telling him about like all, all the cool fight, all the cool fights that I know. I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah. Gavin Tucker's a beast, and Billy Q's a beast. Watch out for this fight. It's gonna be a bang. And I mean, yeah, good fight. It didn't go your way, but I mean, hey, you know, <laughs> things happen. You live and you learn, right? Absolutely. And that was kind of you know going into that fight. I was actually on a nine fight winning streak. Um, I won eight fights in a row in MMA, and I won a pro boxing match in there really? that I took off an ACL surgery. So for me, like when I got in the UFC, like I want to fight and they're like, all right, let me know when you can fight again. And I was like, right away. I'm like, let's do it. Then, then, uh, quarantine happened. Then they got me a fight. I won that. I beat spike. And then I fought again. I knocked out Kyle Nelson. So for me, like it was just win after win after win. And I was doing all the same stuff in the training camp that I thought would have gotten me to the next one, the next one. Um, so I basically, you know, took another fight, took another fight, took another fight. Then I fight Gavin and, Gavin's a type, the type of guy that he's good enough where you got to focus a whole training camp on like it, that should have been like a three month training camp where I'm getting better. I'm focusing more on my wrestling exchanges, my, you know, he does a good job mixing and striking and wrestling, but instead I basically, since I just kept winning, like it was win, 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 win. I just thought I could keep doing the same thing. 
So now coming off of this loss, it's actually going to be a really good thing. And I'm, I can go back to the drawing board. I can look at everything that I could have got done better going into that fight. And now I can have a full training camp for my next opponent. And I just can't wait to show everyone what I'm going to be working on in, in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you have like a timetable when you're ready to return? Are you like thinking like mid, like mid year, May, June? Yeah. So, um, so this is actually, so, you know, the last three fights I had were all from July to December, you know, they were the three fights in six months. So I basically decided that I need to finally get my eyes fixed. I should have gotten my eyes fixed, you know, five years ago, (laughs) but I always either fight with my contacts or fight with no contacts, you know, so they're either going to get, you know, one's going to get knocked out or I'm fighting with no contacts where I can't, I don't have the best vision. So a week from yesterday, next this next Thursday, I'm getting my my PRK surgery, so getting my eyes fixed. Then for the next like two and a half, three weeks after that, I'm only going to be able to like lift weights and do like bag work, mm-hmm. and then after that, I'll be able to spar again. I'm also getting married March 27th, oh, really? so yeah, it's gonna be thank you, thank you, thank you. So this was like a good time to get my eyes fixed to you know make sure the wedding goes you know according to plan it's a lot it's a lot more planning than i thought uh make sure that happens make make sure that gets done with on uh march 27th i'm super excited about that obviously and then right after that i'm gonna book my fight so i'm thinking most likely may um it could even be the end of april because i'm basically gonna you know obviously i'm gonna have some drinks at my wedding and have some fun but in the meantime i'm basically taking this time as like a training camp and a time to get better uh, because, you know, I'm 32 years old. I want to take at least two fights this year. So, you know, Billy Q 2.0 after with, with, with brand new eyes, no, you know, no contacts that can get knocked out. Uh, it's going to be a game changer. My wrestling is going to be on point. And, um, so I'm looking probably may, and then one, you know, we'll kind of play it by ear after that fight. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any opponents in mind or like, or excuse me, Excuse me. Do you watch fights and you kind of like see like all right, like like that guy's high up? You no, know, that'd be an interesting fight. I'd like to see that. Are there any people in mind who you kind of want to fight next? Um, not really. I don't really like to uh like this far out, especially. I don't really like to think of a specific person, um, because especially with losing my last fight, I feel like there's so many things I can take away from like how I did like things I can work on from my last fight right mm-hmm. now. So right now. I'm not even thinking of a specific person, but I am seeing, you know, a lot of the 45ers that are fighting like around, you know, in the next few weeks or that they just fought, that's probably going to be, those are probably going to be the guys that are going to be a timetable for me to fight in May. So I'm, I'm watching a lot of the 45er fights now and seeing, and of course, you know, anyone in the top 15, unless we're friends, like I'm friends with a few of the guys like mm-hmm. Ryan Hall. I'm never going to fight Ryan Hall. Uh, <laughs> I'm friends with him. I don't want, I don't want that smoke, man. He's got some, he's got some, he's got some magic tricks. Oh, it's um, but, and, and again, he, he wouldn't even want to fight me anyway, because his goal is to be a world champion. My goal is to be, you know, get to that point. So unless we're one and two, um, but there's a lot of other guys that uh, I see myself matching up with and, and, you know, and my goal is obviously from day one is to be a world champion. So I'm just going to mm. keep climbing the rankings till I get to that point. Exactly. And then, excuse me, speaking of uh, of awesome fights at 145, what did you think about Max Holloway versus Calvin Cater? What was your thoughts watching that fight? Dude, so you know what? I actually, I love both guys. And I actually saw, we we saw Max in passing at the, at the hotel. We just said hi to him and like, you know, said what's up for a minute. 
And then I actually saw Kelvin Cater right after, and he was he was looking fine. Uh, I saw him and Rob Font, the New England cartel boys. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the truth is, I actually haven't even seen the fight yet because oh, really? we were flying over to Abu Dhabi when the fight happened. Oh, okay. And they didn't show it. So we get to Fight Island, and next thing you know, we we're I was basically, you know, helping with Frivola the whole time, and we just didn't pull it up because we already knew what happened. And I watched all the highlights, though, and, and man, Max Holloway just looked incredible. Oh, he looked uh, insane. And, and, you know, Kelvin Cater's a stud, too. So I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of both guys. And, uh, yeah, and, and Max Holloway, man, he's the, I think he's the, the best 45er that we've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Aldo had his time, but <laughs> what Holloway has done in, in the UFC, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, Aldo had a great career even before the UFC and yeah. the WEC, but I think what Holloway has done in the UFC just tops off what uh, what what Aldo did. Yeah, yeah. I actually saw. Um, well, excuse me, because I'm from Detroit, and uh, back uh, at UFC 218, um, I went. So it was like the first time in like my lifetime that I, that I was able to go to a card because it was in Detroit, and uh, uh-huh. headlined by Max Holloway versus Jose Aldo too. And uh, oh, nice, 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 yeah. nice. Yeah. So. Um, and so what you call it? I get to see that fight. And Max Holloway is just insane. I've always been a big Max Holloway fan. I've always been a big Calvin Cater fan. And yeah, he, oh, yeah. He was the best 140. I think those are two of the best, if not the best, like purebred boxers in the world, mm-hmm. especially in, in, in mixed martial arts. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's a great fight to go to um, as your first fight because, you know, I know I know like he was going into it. And he's like, you know, it is what it is. We're going to fight again. But I definitely remember uh, the first fight. Uh, Aldo tagged him up right in the first mm-hmm. round and, and he came back and beat him. And then the second fight, it was a good fight until, you know, Max was just too much for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so you mentioned, you know, Matt Favola. I actually think that it's funny because uh, it's just something new with Tampa Bay fighters. Uh, uh, I just have people on the show. You're actually, uh, the, you're, excuse me, you're a second guest from, uh, from Tampa Gracie South to uh, come on the podcast. Oh yeah. You had Favola on here. Yeah. Yeah. I had him on a, uh, that was probably in around December. It was somewhere around December. Nice, yeah. yeah. Nice. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I'm glad he helped you. I'm glad he did it too. That's that's what's up. Yeah. Yeah, it was really nice for him. We had a good talk about uh about his upcoming fight that was supposed to happen. But then, you know, in and what's called and then uh excuse me, especially you, because you were right there in the middle of things. What the heck happened? Like like what was in his bag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for, for those who don't know what you're referring to, yeah, that hit so his for Bola's original opponent, uh Atman Azir or whatever. <laughs> and it, it turns out after after the this whole thing happens of him, you know, cutting off his wristband, giving it to someone outside of the bubble, they sneak in. And then they shimmy across a hotel, goes into one room, shimmies across the hotel, goes into his room. Uh, what, yeah, it was, it definitely had to be. And obviously his, his fight got canceled. Favola ended up getting a, a way tougher fight, yeah. in my opinion. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of speculation. A lot of people online mentioned that, you know, he was known for like either like selling Coke or like, you know, uh, getting in like, like assault charges and like just being like, like, like criminal scumbags. Um, but yeah, we don't know what's in the bag. I think it was some sort of like EPO or like IV bag or something for the weight cut, but man, yeah, definitely something didn't smell right. We, and we, we actually met someone at the pool that saw the whole thing. They said they saw this guy shimmy across their balcony. So, and they like, they were really curious what happened, but I guess the hotel seen the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, just a, the, definitely the craziest story I've been a part of 
that you know i was right in the hotel the whole time yeah. I, was there. I was there when they told matt that the fight was off they wouldn't tell us why at first and uh yeah just a, a wild situation and it, it had to be there, someone was like oh yeah it was like a playstation it had to be something sketchy because yeah. they would have let they would have let someone in with a playstation but to sneak someone in after we've already quarantined for like four days <laughs> it's just you know a, a wild thing to do yeah exactly i suppose the mood like you you know, you said that the UFC came up and told Matt that his fight was canceled. What's like the mood and what's being said in the hotel room when you travel? Like what? It's what fifteen hours all the way to Fight Island, yeah. and no, you spent all this time on a fight camp, and then and like and then the day of the weigh-ins, like when it's about to be official, it just gets canceled. Like what are you guys talking yeah. about? Said are you guys like like mad, angry, upset? Like what's the mood? Yeah, you know and. uh you know, self, you know, non-selfishly, I wasn't even thinking about, you know, what that meant for me, like being, you know, not even being able to corner because I was just thinking about how, how shitty it was for Frivola last year. He said his, he had three, basically three training camps canceled. Uh, And you know, the one right before that he broke his foot. So the one before that he broke his foot fight week that got canceled the fight before that we flew out there and I had, I tested positive for COVID the week Mm -hmm. of the fight so those were his last two canceled fights. And then for this one, basically they told Matt that Ottman was out and he had like two pounds to go. So he already cut weight. He already did everything he had to do. Uh, it was definitely like a, like almost like, it was almost like sad for me to like think, I'm like, man, he just did all this work and now he's, he's not gonna be able to fight for a while. <laughs> but then there's also the part where they're like, you know, keep making basically keep making weight because you're going to be a replacement 155 or now. So I, I still basically thought we had work to do. So like there's still work to do. And we just kept saying, you know, maybe one of these top four guys drop out, <laughs> maybe, maybe Armin needs an opponent, you know, maybe he ends up fighting, you know, Dan Hooker, Michael Chandler or, or Poirier or something like that. You know, you never know. So we finished the weight and then he was thinking, he's like, yeah, worst case scenario, I'll end up fighting Armin because that was just like obviously the total opposite style matchup that we got ready for yeah and sure enough man he the the universe was testing him in some way because that was the worst case scenario that we already <laughs> talked we, we like joked about and sure enough it ended up he basically had the choice of basically just taking his money and going home with his win bonus and, and his fight purse mm-hmm. or fighting armin but not getting any extra money and so oh, really? for, for him to fight armin with already getting his win bonus win money just shows you like the type of person he is and the type of fighter he is because there's a lot of people that would have just taken that money and went home yeah 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 well yeah it's me personally you know me personally no since i had matt on my show and i had the pleasure of talking to him you know mm-hmm. you know i somehow feel like you know a deep connection right there so like, yeah of course <laughs> yeah and so i was like i was like all right and then as soon as he got canceled i was like well, that sucks. And then, yeah. And then, and then, and then as soon as I heard like it was all about the bag and running across the balcony, I'm like, what, what is happening? And then, <laughs> and then as soon as the a second fight gets announced with Armin, I look at the odds and like, I saw, I saw, I was like, <laughs> I saw, I was like minus 500 plus 700. I was like, so that's a lot tougher fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he, bad, and I was like, geez, that's kind of suck. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it really does suck, man. And it, and it was the, the worst position to be in because 
you know, let's say if Armin and his opponent got matched up still, he basically could have just taken that money, went back, not had any fights, you know, still on a two-fight winning, you know, basically a three-fight, you know, he won his last two and then had a draw. So he's basically on a three-fight winning streak, you know, of not losing. And to be put in that position where it's like, you know, the casual fan would look at that and be like, oh, why won't Matt fight this guy? Like, you know, they're the same weight class. And just knowing that, because we both obviously understand that, and either way, he has to cut weight again for another fight. So we know whether he fought or not, we knew he wasn't going to fight again until April or May, mm-hmm. either way. So he basically just got put in the worst position possible, and he made the most of it. He fought him. He fought his ass off. He didn't get finished. You know, with those odds being what they were, they basically thought he was going to get slaughtered. And to to put up that kind of fight on one-day notice – you know, just shows what a what a badass he is. Yeah, that's awesome. I guess we're teaching some good stuff at at Tampa South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. We get it in there, and and I've helped him get to this point. I've shaped him the right way. <laughs> well, Billy, that's about all I got for you. Um, um, I can't thank you enough for doing this, especially for me to go on TikTok and get this. I never would have thought that would happen, but yeah, it worked again, out. Um, um, I'm a big fan of you. I'm a big fan of your fights. I'm looking forward to seeing you fight again. Hopefully. Hopefully in May, you said. Um, and mm-hmm. once again, I couldn't thank you enough for doing this. Thank you so much. All right. No problem, man. Thanks for having me, brother. Have a good rest of your day and have a good weekend. I appreciate it, Billy. Thank you. All right. Later, brother.